I was interested in historic country estates, primarily in England, and Meadowbrook Hall is a very good rendition of that in the United States. It was definitely a slow recognition of the legacy of Matilda Dodge Wilson. Even after I started working here and studying more about Matilda, I feel like constantly someone would just let out this, this little story about her and I would say, what? She was the first female <laughs> lieutenant governor of Michigan? Why aren't we talking about this? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Power Up Women, a multi-generational conversation about leadership, power, gender, and social justice through a female lens. I'm Ann Doyle. In honor of International Women's Day back in 2018, the New York Times launched a new series of weekly obituaries entitled Overlooked. It features obituaries that should have been written, but never were, of the lives and accomplishments of incredible American women who played important roles in the cultural, political, and economic history of our country. The Overlooked series continues in the New York Times today, and it is a goldmine of important history that was nearly forgotten by our culture that for too long has focused primarily on the contributions of white men. I really encourage you to check it out. Well, today I'm going to introduce you to one such woman, Matilda Rausch Dodge Wilson, one of our Michigan treasures, who rose from very humble roots to become one of the wealthiest women in the world. A generous philanthropist, savvy business leader, and powerful political activist, she was born to German immigrants in Canada and ended up in Detroit, where she put herself through business school in the early 1900s and eventually worked side by side with her first husband and brother-in-law as they built the Dodge Motor Car Company. She rose to incredible heights and lifted thousands of others with her and always had a special interest in helping women and children. Now you may have heard of Matilda Dodge Wilson, especially if you have visited Meadowbrook Hall, her stunning Tudor Revival mansion, 30 miles north of Detroit, that is now a national historic landmark. But I'm pretty sure you barely know her. And by the end of this episode, I'm certain you'll never forget her. Our guide and guest is Madeline Zidkowalski, Director of Curatorial Services at Meadowbrook, the greatest state in Oakland County, Michigan, that Matilda built and donated upon her death as a cultural center. Now, her accomplishments and generosity go on for pages and pages, but let me just mention a few. She was a legendary philanthropist and served as president of the Women's Auxiliary of the Salvation Army for 24 years, funding safe, affordable residences for single women and a home for unwed mothers and their children. She was a supporter of women's rights, an officer in the National Council of Women working for women's rights. She created the Dodge Girls Athletic Association to encourage female employees at the Dodge Motor Car Company to learn to swim and get physical exercise. She was named by Time Magazine in 1931 as one of the most prominent women in banking. In 1940, she was named Lieutenant Governor in the state of Michigan, 
the first female lieutenant governor in the United States. And she donated her 1,400 acre estate and $2 million in 1957 to Michigan State University to fund and found what is now Oakland University. Now I could go on and on, but let me turn things over to the expert, my guest, Madeline Zidkowalski, who is taking the lead on telling the story of this remarkable leader's life and contributions. Welcome, Madeline. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be speaking about Matilda Wilson and some of the other women of Meadowbrook Estate. You know that you and I met earlier this year uh, when you gave a presentation on her life. Um, I live only five minutes away from Meadowbrook Hall and Oakland University and have visited many, many times. But it was only through your presentation that I and other members of the International Women's Forum who were there that evening heard about her and we, our mouths dropped open that we had no idea <laughs> about this incredible woman. Uh, so it's, it's just fantastic that you are leading this effort um, through your work at the estate um, to tell her story. So, so I want to start by saying to you, when did it dawn on you that Matilda Dodge Wilson was so much more than a woman who just happened to marry and outlive two extremely wealthy men? I would say it was a slow realization. I began as a volunteer at Meadowbrook Hall. I was interested in historic country estates, primarily in England, and Meadowbrook Hall is a very good rendition of that in the United States. And I, I didn't really know much about it. I didn't know much about the family until I started volunteering here. And it was definitely a slow recognition of the legacy of Matilda Dodge Wilson, even after I started working here and studying more about Matilda, I feel like constantly someone would just let out this, this little story about her. And I would say, what? She was the first female <laughs> Lieutenant Governor of Michigan. Why are we talking about this? Exactly. When was that? It was another 40 years before someone else. And uh, yeah. we have so many great stories here. We have it's a, a beautiful estate, um, you know, with Oakland University on the property and, and so many students, more than 100,000 students now getting uh, degrees from the university since the Wilsons founded it. it. We just have so many incredible stories. And Matilda's was this underlying kind of reason for it all. And, and she wasn't being recognized for any of it. And so again, it would just be these little snippets of information I'd learned, or I'd read a newspaper article, or, or as I started researching more of the collection, once I became the curator and started training our, our docents, our tour guides, I would say our tour guides and the guests and the people that I gave presentations to, though they were the ones that really forced me to acknowledge Matilda and think more deeply about what she accomplished. I think one of my favorite stories and probably just in the past couple of years, I've really been thinking about it is when Matilda was, um, she started as John Dodge's secretary. She went to, through business college, as you mentioned, she really prided herself 
as you said, on helping Dodge Brothers Motor Car Company find its early success. It was a primary parts supplier to Ford Motor Company. And Matilda and John Dodge ended up falling in love while she was a secretary. And she never met his three, his three children, her stepchildren, until the day that they married. <laughs> so he went to work. Uh, they married in the afternoon and she went home that night to a mansion. To meet these children. Yes, and had three stepchildren. And she'd been living above her parents' saloon before that. So she was this young woman who was just walking into a a ready family and a staff and having not much of a comprehension of how she was going to deal with all of that. And she did marvelously. She uh, got the staff over on her side. Her sister-in-law was actually living in the house and running it at that time, uh, Delphine Ashbaugh, who was an incredible woman, I think started Matilda on some of her interests in uh, women's rights and um, the kind of work for suffragettes at that that point in the, in the early 1900s. And Matilda just kind of turned them all to, to like her and, and always took everything that she did, full reins. And then she was the stepmother immediately as a very young woman to his children. And Mm -hmm. then she, they had three children and then he died Mm -hmm. during the Spanish flu influenza. He died very young. I think was he in his forties or something? And she was very young and um, inherited her share of this uh, very uh, important automotive company at that point. Yeah, in 1920, when John Dodge died, at, he was at, actually at the auto show in New York, and his brother Horace contracted the 1918 flu, and John caught it from him sitting at his brother's bedside and passed away in New York, and that left Matilda with three stepchildren, three children, a massive fortune, a massive car company, which she and her sister-in-law, Anna, were kind of now controlling there wasn't precedent for women to have that kind of wealth at that time and thinking about how she could trust to tell her what to do with that fortune. What, what should she do with it? And who should she trust when they're saying you, you can give me your money and, and I'll do right by you. She had to figure a lot of that out on her own. She was obviously a very smart person, uh, very, very capable. Uh, And, and then I know that uh, she married again, uh, here she was, a widow with young children, um, great, great resources. And I believe she met at church uh, a, a lumber baron, right? And then yes. married him. Yep. She married Alfred Wilson in 1925. She and her sister-in-law had just sold Dodge Brothers for $146 million in cash. And that was wow. the greatest <laughs> check that was ever written at that time. And Matilda inherited about $30 million of it. And she, she met and married Alfred Wilson that year. And like you said, at the First Presbyterian Church in Detroit, he, um, her, her daughter, her youngest daughter, Anna Margaret, had actually passed away, away recently. Um, she passed away in 1924. She was four years old. And Alfred mm-hmm. really helped Matilda and her children kind of recover from or start to recover from some of the grief. And she admired the fact that he treated her children like his own. And he was also mm-hmm. very protective of her, very protective of her fortune. She already owned that 1500 acre. It was really a farm in uh, about 30 miles north of Detroit. 
Yes. So Matilda and John Dodge bought the first 320 acres in 1908 of Meadowbrook Farms. And this was a country retreat for the family. They would come out here and in the summer and the winter and enjoy the recreation that could be found on the estate. But they also started farming quite a bit on it. And Matilda continued that. She more than uh, so by the time John Dodge died, he had bought a couple more neighboring farms, but Matilda in her lifetime grew the estate to actually more than 2,000 acres of a thriving farm. And it was here that they decided to build Meadowbrook Hall as the centerpiece to this modern agricultural enterprise. And they had horses and hogs and uh, dairy cows and uh, plants. Matilda loved gardening. She had a greenhouse on the property. They had planted more than 700 fruit trees. And in 1926, uh, they started building Meadowbrook Hall, which was an 88,000 square foot, 110 room home at the center of the property. Yes. So tell us about this incredible Meadowbrook Hall, which uh, a number of years ago um, became a national historic landmark in the United States. And, and that's a very rare uh, designation for a property. Tell us what's so special about this place. Correct. You have to be the absolute best of the best to become a landmark. So it took us over five years to receive the designation from the National Park Service. And Meadowbrook Hall, as a 110 room, 88,000 square foot home, it is considered the best example of Tudor Revival architecture. That is how we received the National Historic Landmark designation. So the exterior of Meadowbrook really looks like a house that could have been built in England 500 years ago. And that's how the Wilsons and their architect, William E. Cap intended it to look. Uh, even on the outside, some of the bricks, they're not laid straight. There's just a little bit of slant in some of them. So it looks like the house has settled over hundreds of years into the surrounding property. The inside of the house is incredibly modern in many ways, but does harken back to some of the uh, historical uh, architectural interiors that the Wilsons saw as they traveled around the United States and England. And it's this kind of mix of different styles throughout the house uh, that they had their architect recreate. One of the most remarkable things about Meadowbrook is when it was built, it was very popular at that time in the early 20th century to go over to England, to go to France and to purchase wall paneling from old castles or to purchase a mantle mm. from a French chateau and right. the Wilsons believed in preservation and heritage and they didn't want to purchase any of these things from from old homes so they had them all recreated here all of the ones that they liked they had photographs or drawings made of them and they were all recreated here with American materials and craftsmen you know we don't have uh palaces and castles here we don't really have uh I guess royalty, but we certainly have aristocracy, and that—that's that, really what they were—was automotive aristocracy, mm -hmm. and um, and and we have these incredible estates, and this is really one of the most spectacular anywhere in the United States. I mean, tell us maybe what's so special about it for you. We're the fourth largest historic house museum in in the U.S., so even the size of it is often um, stunning to people. The, what I really like is that this is a warm family home. 
the rooms were decorated by Matilda and her family. And when Oakland University was founded, all of the contents of Meadowbrook Hall and, and all of the other buildings on the estate were included with it. So we might have a, a journal on Matilda's bedside table and inside it are some little doodles of horses that her granddaughters drew in the margins of, of this journal. Matilda really cared for her staff. I would say about a third of the house is dedicated to spaces for the staff to, to live and work. And um, I think some of the, the elements that I probably most like about Meadowbrook are all of the comical types of and personal elements that are put into the house. So we have a lot of carvings that were uh, modeled by Corrado Parducci, who was a famous architectural sculptor and designer in, in the Detroit area. And he he just put a lot of humor into the house and the Wilsons must have really uh, wanted that to be there as well. Like Alfred Wilson's study, there's a carved wooden frieze around the room and it's caricatured retelling of Alfred Wilson's life. Another thing that you told me about it is that the, 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 um, the leadership, the staff leadership was very, very different from what we've come to understand from let's say Downton Abbey or something mm -hmm. like that. That this was very much a matriarchal kind of structure, I believe. And that she, Mrs. Wilson, she was hands-on unlike in Downton Abbey where the butler might have been in charge, the butlers were actually underneath a, a series of, of women who were in charge at Meadowbrook. So behind or under Matilda, she had a secretary, a female secretary who would be living here and taking care of her and the agricultural enterprises here. She had another secretary who would help her in Detroit at the office. She had an office in the Fisher building where she would conduct a lot of her kind of charitable and business exercises there. And the secretary here would take care of the farm and the estate. She also had a, she's kind of a personal assistant slash confidant. Her name is Mary Matthews. Matilda helped her purchase a home in Detroit and purchased a car for her. She was the daughter of an escaped slave. She was born in Canada and came over to Michigan at a young age like Matilda had. She did Matilda's hair and nails. And then she just kind of seemed like a, her kind of right-hand woman. She was always at her side. She typically had keys to the estate that most other people didn't. And I, I always say that she was able to yell at the kids. So that's pretty close <laughs> to Matilda if she's, if she's able to do that. So Mary Matthews was a really special character. And then you have the head housekeeper. And the head housekeeper would have been instructing the butlers quite often. Another really important piece of this story is basically the fact that um, this incredible jewel has escaped the wrecking ball because um, it, it, it's not easy to to make sure that something like this can go on and on mm -hmm. and give us a sense of what they figured out in terms of how to protect something like this and to keep it running because it's a very, very important cultural center here in Michigan. It is very much so. So the Wilsons, they decided that Meadowbrook Hall would be this kind of cultural center for Oakland University. They moved out of Meadowbrook Hall pretty shortly after finishing it in 1929 because of the depression. And they did move back in and hired kind of a, we hired a full staff um, 
so that they could give jobs to people in the community. But then they had to move out again during World War II because of fuel rationing. And by this point, the Wilsons are, are getting quite a bit older. And they, they realized that one of the, the best uses for Meadowbrook was for the large parties that they had held there for fundraisers. They would often let different groups come in and hold fundraisers using their property. And so they wanted to continue that. They wanted to continue having Meadowbrook used for big family events like holidays and weddings. And that is really how Meadowbrook continues today is through a lot of events. It costs us more than $10,000 a day to stay open. Matilda did not leave an endowment is something that we're growing right now. We don't take Oakland University tuition money. We completely raise the money that we need through events and donations. We are um, fundraising also right now to start a visitor center so that we can tell some of these stories that people don't often get during our regular tour. I haven't mentioned that we still have several other buildings on our property that we also interpret. So there are still farm buildings on the property that are used by us. We have three children's playhouses that they built for their kids. We have garage garages and uh, they have some cars inside them, some historic cars that we still drive around. We have incredible gardens. This is one of the most beautiful places to come in the in the spring and, and summer months. And even during the holiday months, we have a wonderful show inside Meadowbrook. That's actually our longest running and biggest fundraiser is our holiday walk. It was started the year that we became a museum in 1970, and it's still going today. We have more than 50 Christmas trees that are in the house for the, for the it's holidays. It's gorgeous. Yep. And Absolutely then outside, spectacular. Last year, we opened our first Winter Wonderlight. So that's this uh, wonderful light and music show that is spread throughout the gardens outside. Another part of this incredible family story is um, Matilda's daughter, uh, Frances Dodge, who um, became an incredibly accomplished, um, internationally respected and, and loved uh, horsewoman. And, um, and, and they had very, very famous stables right mm -hmm. on the property there. Tell us a little bit about her. Sure. So Frances Dodge, she loved horses from a very early age. And Matilda, anything that the kids did, they had to make money at it. So if she was interested in horses, she had to make it a career. Um, ah. So Matilda really taught all of her kids. She had, she had them get jobs and she taught them how to do financial ma management for their businesses that they started. And so Frances, by the age of 21, had 80 horses on the property that she was racing and showing. And 80? Uh, yeah, 80 horses. And at, <laughs> at that point, they still had a, an outdoor arena and uh, that was built for Frances when she was younger. And so in the 1930s, during the Depression, one of the ways that they gave jobs to the community was building a 23,000 square foot indoor riding arena with three stables attached for her horses. So she started in three gated and five gated um, horses and uh, then continued on to harness saddle and, and standard bread. Breeding horses, that's the way to set yourself apart. Of course, Frances had a lot of money at her disposal, but yep. if she wanted to have a career in, in the industry, and she is 
she's still regarded as someone that was incredibly talented at being able to breed the horses. In 1943, she foaled wing commander on the property. Uh, her, her husband was off at war, so that's why he was, he was named wing commander. Um, and he was crowned a six-time five-gated world champion. He was only defeated twice in seven years, and Life Magazine called him the greatest stallion in show horse history. And people still celebrate his birthday at Meadowbrook. I mean, this is just one more example of how we couldn't possibly, you know, cover this entire iceberg of fascinating stories uh, about um, this woman, uh, her, her family, her daughter, uh, this beautiful estate. Um, and, and as a horsewoman, I'm fascinated by Frances. And for anyone who's listening, there's a wonderful book about her called Riding on the Edge. Francis Dodge and the Dodge Stables. So I want, I'm sure people are um, fascinated by just you and, mm -hmm. and what an amazing um, career you have. How was it that you got into um, the, this work that you do today? So I started here as a volunteer and I, I soon just worked my way up and a lot of it was luck and passion and dedication and I was working three other jobs while volunteering here so I, I was lucky in many ways but it was also a lot of hard work uh, as well and I think for anyone who's interested in, in working at a museum or working at a nonprofit and in, in the arts you have to put in the time to I would say find a project there that you can take on and succeed at and set yourself apart. I love the story of people. That's really my interest in history is how people interacted throughout history. And so this is just a perfect way for me to combine a lot of interests that I have. Our tour has changed since I've taken over the, the training of our tour guides. While we used to maybe focus on the history of the furniture or the paintings that are in this great house, I thought, well, why are people really here? We need to be talking about the family and how they use the house and how the staff was working behind the scenes to make this house continue. So we've actually started a Servant's Life um, exhibit every February that I, mm. I kind of helped put on. And um, it's a way for people to see that other side. I think the people who lived and worked on this estate are just as important as the Wilson family. And I think that the Wilsons would have felt exactly the same about it. I know you have a website and mm -hmm. um, how can they visit? When's the best time to visit? Yep, uh, metabrookhall.org is our website. And with COVID, we've started selling our tickets online. So that makes it really easy that you can just purchase your tickets online before you're coming and seeing all the, uh, events and tours that we have available. These summer months, and then we continue through October, we have more tour options, which include tours of our state and our behind the scenes tours in the December and late November months that's really just devoted to our holiday walk and winter wonder lights. And we have a lot of really great community events that people can come to between music and dancing and uh, we have great chef on the property so all of the food that you ever eat here is wonderful so there's a lot of ways to engage with with Meadowbrook what do you want people to remember about or know about most importantly this remarkable woman Matilda Rausch Dodge Wilson 
I want people to know that Matilda never forgot where she came from. She was always interested in com communicating with people directly, knowing where they came from, and kind of acknowledging and taking care of them at that place in their life. And even though she gained enormous riches, she never lost sight of, I think, what what humans just go through on a regular basis. And and she was just, she was really incredible and, and humble and kind and incredibly accomplished. But if people just knew a little bit about the heart that she had, and that's really what I think led to, to much of her success was her, her heart and her passion. Well, thank you, Madeline Zidkowalski, Director of Curatorial Services at Meadowbrook, a National Historic Landmark here in Michigan and home of one of America's most accomplished women of the early 20th century, Matilda Rausch Dodge Wilson. Now let's all go. Power up. Thanks for joining us at Power Up Women. We hope you'll keep listening. And if you can spare a couple of minutes, please rate us on Google, Apple, or your favorite podcast platform because it really helps build visibility and helps other aspiring women to find this podcast. We have over 100 episodes for you to choose from, and I'd love to hear your ideas for future podcasts through my andoyleleadership.com website. And remember... When one woman rises, we all rise. Make sure you reach back and lift others as you climb. I'm Ann Doyle.